me a mission, I got demons to slay. Communication made you talk in this way. Anxious world, what's going on? I thank everybody for tuning in to the Anxiety About Anxiety podcast. Um, we back. And um, I just want to say, you know, I hope everybody out there being safe, you know, protecting their self, protecting their family. And uh, so we can get through these trying times, man. You know, I know it's hard out there. Um, I'm doing better. You know, I struggled a little bit a couple weeks back. But, you know, I'm not really letting it get to me as much. I mean, I think about it. We all do. But I'm, I'm tr- let's let me say I'm trying not I'm trying not to let it get to me, you know. Um, I understand there's nothing I can really do about it, um, but just you know, just practice, you know, being safe and being, you know, washing those hands, wearing the mask whenever we can, and just you know, just being mindful of you know what you're doing, where you're going, and you know, hopefully you know we can get back to you know being normal soon, sooner or later, you know. But uh, I just want to keep this train moving, man, with the podcast and uh, just get people's stories out there. You know, people that have been dealing with a lot of mental health issues. Um, like I always say, I know it's important for us to highlight this and talk about it and um, try to de- uh, get the stigma behind it. You know, try to fight the stigma behind it. And um, I really, truly believe by me doing this, you know, I'm helping out best as I can. Um, it's It's so important to me. And so. Um, I'm so thankful for everybody who participated and, you know, who to anybody that's willing to participate, man, I'm, I'm very thankful for it. And, um, it's really, uh, I, I, I can't explain it. So I'm lost for words, man, but tonight we're going to keep it moving. Um, tonight I'm going to bring you the uh, story of Mark Small. Um, he actually sent me two recordings, and uh, I'm going to play them both on this episode. But uh, the first recording, you know, he he gets into how, you know, anxiety, which I know so much about, you know, affected his life. You know, he felt like he was in basically like a, a whirlwind, man, like your mind was always on a hundred and always, you know, thinking and always, you know, thinking the worst and he you know he he going to explain how that affected him and um how it affected him in business you know he felt like he wasn't aggressive enough because you know of his anxiety which I can relate to that you know it's been some times in my life that I felt like I, I let my anxiety get the better of me in situations that I you know that was presented to me that could have been good for me but you know I just was too nervous so I can definitely relate to that and um he talks about, you know, finding out at the age of 50, you know, that he was raised by, a, let me say this word right now, a narcissistic father. I said it right. Yes. Um, narcissistic father. And, um, it had, you know, it affected him, man. And then later on, he would uh, find out that he's suffering from CPTSD, which I had never heard before this. Um which is, you know, I know about PTSD and that's like something that's like, you know, it's trauma traumatic, like a big bang, boom. But this CPTSD, yeah, CPTSD is like, like he explains, like a small drip type of situation, you know, like being in a harmful environment or not so healthy environment over an extended period of time. So he, you know, I learned something from him. 
in this recording, and I thank him for that. Um, so, you know, he he goes on a little bit about you know his life and um, what he's been through, and then uh, he gets in like the second recording that I'm gonna play for you guys. Uh, he basically summarized how to deal with trauma, and um, you know he deals with trauma through meditation. And um, I noticed that trend with a lot of people in meditation. Um, it seems to get them through a lot of times. You know, I I try, you guys. I, I really, really do try. I really do try, and I'm gonna keep trying. Um, you know, I, my patience. I, I don't know. I don't have the patience sometimes, but I'm gonna keep on trying. And um, I think you guys will enjoy how he summarized how to deal with trauma. Uh, it's a unique view on it, and um. I think it's something that a lot of people need to hear. So um, I'm very thankful that he's willing to, you know, do this for me. And um, the name of his episode is going to be called Calm After the Storm, which is very unique. You know, I always hear, you know, the calm before the storm and he put it to calm, ap- you know, the calm, calm after the storm, which is pretty, pretty unique, I think. Um, but, yeah, we're going to keep this, keep this thing moving and, uh. Try to be a voice in the mental uh, in the mental health community as best as I can, and um, I will say once again, if there's anybody out there that's uh, going through some mental health issues or didn't dealt with it in their life and would like to tell their story, please uh, email me at anxietyaboutanxiety at gmail dot com, and um, I can definitely get your story out there. Anybody's story, it helps, man. Just being a voice and just letting people know how we feel and what we go through. So once again, if you got a story, man, please email me anxiety about anxiety at gmail.com. Um, you can uh, find me on my Facebook uh, at anxiety about anxiety and you can inbox me or whatever you want to do. Um, just, just stand up and be a voice. You people, uh, everybody stand up and be a voice, you know, don't be ashamed of it. Be a voice. So, um, once again, be safe. Stay indoors if you if, if if you got to. I mean, you know, stay indoors. You know, don't go out if you ain't got to. But uh, to all the healthcare workers out there, grocery store workers, truckers, um, you know, restaurant workers that's still out there, man. Um, to all you guys, man, uh, emergency helpers. I mean, helpers, emergency workers. Every you know, all them guys, man. Um, prayers for you. You're doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, you guys are the real heroes. I know that a lot of people know that. So God bless. Um, and yes, here's the story of Mark Small, Calm After the Storm. And I will be back next week for another new episode. Be blessed, everybody. So I met Keith online on a podcast, um, forum on Facebook and he asked me to do a quick 15 minute kind of like solo interview and so um, I'm going to start by introducing myself. My name is Mark and um, I didn't really know that I had any mental health issues. I knew my whole life I had huge anxiety issues. I uh, uh, had a hard time sleeping at night. I had huge insomnia. I would catastrophize. I would always think that the worst possible scenario was going to present itself. And my mind would race in circles. So once I um, 
started that cycle, I would start to feel like, oh my God, uh, uh, there's, it's just, it's just gonna like consume me as it would, it would just totally take over my thinking and my thinking patterns. I was able to have a pretty functional life, but I always felt, um, uh, like that anxiety issue was was uh, lurking in the background and um, it affected other aspects of my life too. I felt like I was not able to be as aggressive or as I wanted to be in business. I felt that often I felt intimidated when I was in social settings. So it um, it affected me in a lot of different ways. And it wasn't until I was like 50 years old that something really major changed. And that's, I figured out that I was raised by a narcissistic father. And uh, when, I, when I first started researching, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe uh, how characteristic my family is, my, the, dis the dysfunction of my family. I found that when I read books about it, that the it was incredible how similar other people that were in my situation, how similar their experiences were. It was crazy. And that kind of overtook my thinking for a while, and I did all kinds of research about narcissistic personality disorder. and. Um, and I came eventually to the conclusion that I can study it all I want. It's not helping me. It wasn't fixing my problems. It wasn't helping me resolve my anxiety issues. And I still had not put the two together. And then I started, uh, I ran into a posting online of people recovering from relationships with people with narcissistic personality disorder. And came to realize that I had what's called CPTSD, which is a form of trauma that's, um, that you don't get from a big bang. You don't get it because a bomb went off. You went, it's more of a, a small drip type of uh, um, trauma where you, you're in an environment that's not healthy for a very long period of time. And sure enough, all the characteristics of people with CPTSD was me. And I went to work on learning what I could do about it. And so my first, my first uh, uh, attempt at working with it was with a traditional therapist. And uh, honestly, they didn't do anything for me. And I tried another therapist, and they didn't do anything for me. So this just, this just kept going on. And I think I went through five. I think I went through five. Now the last one actually did help me, but I did most of my healing on my own. Um, I got really interested in meditation and I'd always been, I'd been interested in meditation for a long time and I'd been a meditator for a long time, but I started doubling down and tripling down on my meditation efforts and also listening to some uh, podcasts or, uh, uh, specifically Tara Brock has a uh, um, like a weekly I don't know if it's called a podcast but I, I listen to her her, her talks about uh, I guess they call it Dharma which is just 
uh, like almost a Buddhist type of philosophies and, and ways of living. And slowly but surely, as I, as I perfected my meditation practice and persevered with it, I, my anxiety issues have dissipated, I would, I think a lot, maybe 90%, 80%, something like that. It's still a part of who I am, but it's not nearly as, uh, um, as prevalent in my life. And I used to have ruminations, I'd ruminate on things and, and I very seldom do that anymore. And as a result of all this, I feel like my life is, is, um, it's happier and there's just a lot less friction. Um, so that's, I think a little bit about me. Now there's one other thing I just wanted to share and that's, uh, oh, I did want to mention that the last, the last therapist that I spoke with, she was fantastic. She, um, she kind of had done enough work with trauma patients or trauma, whatever you call their, their clients, to know that talk therapy in a lot of cases just doesn't help. And, uh, we did a number of exercises that were, were not talk-based that I did think really helped contribute. And I'd kind of learned a lot of that from my meditation in that I, one of my biggest problems was, was that I would feel like I was tripped and it would be like this yucky feeling in my gut and I just didn't want to deal with it. I would try not to pay attention to it because it was painful. It was like a bad feeling, almost like a bad visceral feeling. And that kind of gave that feeling all the power. It gave that emotion all the power. And as I learned to meditate, I became willing to sit with it and sitting with it and kind of paying attention to it without giving it words, just studying it slowly dissipated its power. So one of the questions Keith asked me was, how important is it to discuss uh, mental health and um, mental health issues? And I, I think it's really important to discuss mental health issues, but I think it's, it can also be a negative thing in that it can help self-perpetuate the problem and that it's just a component and and depending on what it is that you're suffering from, it might not, uh, it's certainly not going to be the, the end all. It's not what's going to get you there or help, res help resolve your issues. Um, but in fact, um, there might be some other uh, approaches that just work better with it. And uh, as a final note, I just wanted to say that um, I... I'm in the pro process of putting together a podcast myself, and it's going to be called Apprenticeship X. And one of the areas that I'll be working with is what I call um, OSH, which is Operating System Human, understanding our own operating system, how we operate. And I'm going to be doing a couple of sessions, a couple of episodes on mental health hygiene, uh, mostly about how and why meditation is so crazy important and how you can use it to uh, give yourself a, 
an amazing advantage in life, not just with respect to healing from some sort of a mental illness, but also with respect to your relationships, your happiness, and your effectiveness in the world. So you can check that out at some point when that comes out. And I wish Keith the very best. And if there's something else I can do for you, Keith, you just say the word. Here's part two of Mark's story. And uh, on this part, he's going to talk about how to deal with trauma. Thank you for tuning in. Hi, this is Mark again. And Keith asked me to do a quick summary of what I thought was maybe the best way to deal with trauma. And I'm going to be presenting this on my podcast called Apprenticeship X at some point in the future. But I thought I'd give your listeners, Keith, a quick um, sneak preview. So it starts with um, my lesson about um, how to deal with trauma starts with a caveman, two cavemen actually, out in a cave. And they're sitting there and they hear some rustling. Well, one of these cavemen, uh, they hear a... They, they hear a uh, rustling and one of the cavemen jumps up and he's like holy shit he grabs his 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 staff and he's he's standing in the corner ready for combat and he's he's like freaking freaked and the other one is just kind of sitting there like it's gonna be okay don't worry about it. it's probably nothing maybe it's a squirrel maybe it's nothing and the question I ask my listeners is, which caveman do you think over time survived? And the obvious answer is, is the one who freaked out. So we have emotions and we have emotions are designed, biologically designed to help us survive. So when we hear something or think something or feel something, those emotions kick in and they push us into fight, flight, or freeze. And it's a it's literally a biological function and it's a good function. It's it's designed to help us survive. And those are our ancestors. We wouldn't be here if we didn't have ancestors that didn't have that strong tendency. So um, I, I like to start there by by helping people understand that their tendencies to allow motions to emotions to uh, affect them dramatically is it's biological and it's natural and it's not a bad thing. Um, however, there's a couple of things about it that that may not be so great. And the first is is when we go into that mode, we can't think anymore because it literally shuts down that part of our brain, or it shuts it down to a great degree. So logic and in, in assessing a situation using our quote-unquote thinking part of our brain becomes substantially impaired. And the other thing is, is that a lot of times, uh, because the survival brain has to survive and has to ensure our survivability, it, it's not a smart brain. It's, it's real broad. And so we can get tripped today because someone offends us, or we can get tripped today because something challenges our ego. So there's all kinds of things that, that do not put us in life-threatening situations 
that this system was designed to do and in fact just the opposite that puts us in um, we're not in a life-threatening situation but we still go into that threatening overdrive so that that's where the whole conversation starts and so the goal and, and, and anxiety and anxiety and trauma are on the same spectrum so anxiety is when you know you're feeling a little bit antsy about something and trauma is when you know something really deeply freaking rocked your world and it's usually something that you couldn't control like a bomb going off or a abusive relationship um, from a parent for example um, but it it it's 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 the same um, it's the same mechanism it's that same fight-or-flight mechanism that the cavemen had um, that affects us and its appropriateness is often questionable but it still wins it always rules and and I've come to learn that I think most most of our behavior most of our decision-making comes from uh, is emotionally driven it comes from emotions and we justify it in our brain we say hey this is great or that's great but um, uh, it, it, it's it's emotionally driven so the goal the goal is to heal and to have a good is is to try to like work with that and so there's two things that happen when our when our our brain our thinking brain responds two different ways one of two different ways when we're emotionally triggered uh, the first way is it go it may agree it may say holy shit I, I am under threat I I do agree and I, I I'm I, I don't know what to do either oh my god so it can it can buy into the emotion and when it does that creates a, a crazy cycle it, it feeds itself so now the emotional brain is saying, whoa, we got a problem. And the thinking brain saying, oh, yeah, we got a problem. And those two have this huge pity party. Those two, those two go to work, and, they, and it forms a self-feeding cycle. And that's like one form of rumination. It's when, oh, my God, I'm never going to get out of this problem. You know, I lost this much money in the stock market. Oh, my God, I'm going to die poor. I'm not going to be able to feed my kids, whatever it is. But the other way that the brain can react is it can say, you know what, this is bullshit. This is not me. This is not a problem. And when that happens, the um, survival brain says, it is a problem. That so it, it is my job is to keep you safe, and it doesn't it doesn't understand logic. So it it goes to war with itself and that forms just a completely different type of rumination so these that's like how we're wired that's how we're fundamentally wired and that's that's what a lot of us fight every day so the so the question is how, how do we get out of that how do we how do we break that cycle and how, what can we do proactively on a day-to-day -day basis so that that isn't our experience so what I learned was is that there's a third brain so I know it's a lot of brains um, and the third brain is a brain that just it's kind of like film it just sees it doesn't have words it doesn't have feelings it just witnesses it's just it's called consciousness and so there's a there's a part of us that can put the words aside and the thinking aside 
and it can just feel what it's like to be cold or feel what it's like to be loved or feel what it's like to um, um, feel a pain without, without any words or, um, or uh, I'm sorry about that, that's a text message coming in. I'm gonna try to talk and turn that down. There we go. Um, and, 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 I find, and what I've learned is, is that accessing that third brain is, is critical. And the only way that I've learned to do it is through meditation. So what happens in meditation is, you know, we have the same things come up that come up in life. You have feelings and thoughts and they come up and you're sitting there and you're like, I'm going to focus on my breath. And uh, sure enough, another, another thought comes up or another, or another feeling comes up or something in our bodies. And we go into a long conversation about it and have this conversation. Then we slowly bring ourselves back to just being able to witness it and observe it. Well, over a long period of time, there's, there's two crazy things that happen. The first is, is that your brain does quiet down. You stop, a lot of the chatter stops. And you start to realize that you, you develop a, a different relationship to your feelings and your thoughts. You realize they're temporary and you realize that they may or may not carry a lot of weight. And that that, in my opinion, is the beginning of not only a healing process, but it's, a, it's an ongoing healing process. It's, it's a way to, it's mental hygiene. It's a way to maintain your mental health. And um, I just want to add um, another component to this. And it, it's going to sound like a really um, simple little thing, but it, it turned into a, an amazing thing for me. And that is that Whenever I was meditating and I had a thought or a feeling and it started to consume me and I realized, oh my goodness, I'm not paying attention to my breath anymore. My self-talk was like something like, you dummy, like, why can't you do this? You, you, you know, it was some sort of a put down. It was some sort of way of feeling bad about myself for not, for not um, being able to maintain my attention and intention on my breath. And one of my great teachers that I've learned in meditation, his name is John Yates, Kaladasa is his name. He has a book, it's a wonderful book. Um, I don't recommend it yet until you have a pretty, pretty good start to your meditation practice. But he said, that's a huge opportunity. And if you can, instead of put your, putting yourself down, when you return to your breath, if you can Praise yourself for returning to the breath and not, not go down that other road. Like not, not say in your own mind, oh geez, I screwed up again or anything that's negative, but instead celebrate, wow, I came back and I came back to my breath. That's great. Now let's stay here for a little bit. And what happens is, is that ended up changing all my self-talk. So a lot of my self-talk when I listened to myself during the day was negative. And by learning to do that one simple task in meditation, I was able to kind of like change all the spin. And, and, and it made me more, um, it, it made my progress in meditation come way quicker. So the positive feedback to myself worked way better than the negative feedback. And that positive feedback to myself works um, better in terms of behavior modification. 
So the, the last thing I just wanted to mention about all this was um, the, the, one of Keith's big questions is, is should we talk about our, our, our mental illness or our trauma or whatever it is that we're experiencing? Well, I can only speak for trauma because that's been my experience, but trauma, a lot of times when you talk about it, it en actually ends up being just like that caveman cycle in that you'll be telling a friend, oh yeah, look what they did to me, and now look how bad I am, and they go, oh yeah, and they confirm it, and it just accentuates that cycle, and I, I don't think it helps heal, and I, I really feel like the process of, of getting objective and standing back is an amazing self-healing process, and it, it's, it's working for me. It's worked to a great degree already, and it's working better and better, and um, that there's, there's magic in it. So, and that's why I think a lot of talk therapy, unfortunately, just doesn't work. That doesn't mean there aren't therapists that ha don't have great therapeutic strategies that beyond talking, but if, um, if it's trauma-based, uh, I think talk therapy doesn't have a whole lot of um, uh, success in helping people uh, recover and heal. Thanks for having me, and again, please uh, uh, check us out at ApprenticeshipX.com. We're not launched yet, but I'm hoping that we're going to be launching within the next couple months.